Hi, um, and welcome to the Owen Mitchell uh, talk, the HR issues affecting you. I'm here to keep you updated with the latest employment law matters because over the last couple of weeks, there's been a really interesting case that I think is going to impact a lot of employers. And in the first of our series of podcasts, we'll discuss this and outline what it means to you over the next five minutes or so. So what's the case all around? Well, it's a case about holiday pay, which has dominated discussions. And specifically, it's about how much you have to give people and how you work out holiday pay for people who work under continuous or permanent contracts or those who don't work for the whole year. So this is a Supreme Court uh, decision. It's binding on all employers. And it's like that many people will have been underpaid and can bring claims which uh, employers won't have been aware of at the at the time. So in, in short, then, what does the law entitle people to? Each worker is entitled to 5.6 weeks holiday as a minimum. And the issue before the court in this case was whether or not you could prorata that to effectively reflect the number of weeks that the individual actually worked. So if, for example, they only worked nine months of the year, which was the case here, could you in effect reduce that holiday entitlement by a quarter so that you reduce the 5.6 weeks uh, down? Well, the Supreme Court decision was that you can't do that and you can't prorate the holiday unless it's at the start or end um, during the holiday year. So this applies even where individuals only work a week in the year for on a permanent contract. So, for example, if you take an extreme example, say I work for a, a week for a particular employer, I would still be entitled to 5.6 weeks holiday for that for that year rather than it being prorated down. So it's um, it's a complicated issue. Appears complicated if you work the normal hours and the same days each week that you actually receive and you receive your uh, the basic principle behind all of this is that you have to receive your normal pay. Now, if you've got no normal hours, you have to go back and average that pay up to 104 weeks and ignore the weeks where you don't earn anything to determine what a week's pay is. What most people used to do was they relied upon a 12.07 percentage, uh, which uh, many companies did, but it, uh, effectively that now won't work. And it's very difficult to work out what 5.6 weeks are for workers without normal hours in terms of hours or days. Now, in terms of the liabilities um, for these types of claims for employers, then they can go back up to two years. And there's big impacts in certain sectors, such as the education sector being the, the prime example for term time contracts. But not just uh, solely education, it can be manufacturing on those who are on zero hours permanent contracts. It could be bank staff, it could be recruiters that use an employment model for temporary workers. And we're seeing a lot of queries coming through. What we're trying to do now is help employers try to minimise the liabilities, look at the contractual wording and guide them through uh, processes to change those and to ensure that uh, employers can afford the liabilities that they are uh, that are imposed upon them and to make sure that they are legally compliant. So the starting point is to review those contracts, assess the liability, look at whether there's a need for a permanent contract and then possibly look at uh, changing people's terms and conditions. We're looking at this a lot at the minute for a number of employers and we can do these reviews on a fixed cost basis. And But it is a very complicated area uh, and one that's quite difficult to understand. If you do need help, then we're happy to we're happy to help wherever we can. Um, that's it for today. So if you want to hear more about the latest employment law updates alongside expert commentary, tune in a fortnight uh, to our next podcast. And thanks very much for listening. Thanks.